Welcome to the Madison Mortgage Podcast, hosted by today, Shatarani, and I get to interview <laughs> the one and only New York's favorite mid- British mortgage broker, Ben Lavender. Who, Hello. Who, who happens to have a very cool last name, Lavender. A lot of people are envious of that last name. In my youth, I wasn't. I was. I wouldn't say bullied for it, but I just thought it was very weak sounding. Really, and I then, don't think it's weak. I think it's cool. Well, thank you. Well, as I, you know, got older, now, now I freaking love it for the exact reason because it's cool. It's memorable. It's so, fun. It's lavender. Uh, Lavender's like lavender. hot right now too. I feel like every product has lavender in it. Really? Oh, yeah, that's true. Like candles, scents, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. So. Welcome. Thanks, man. I, finally, I get to, to to actually interview you, which yeah. is fun. I get to be the host, and you know you're hosting so many it's, of these. I think we, I think you're hosting like eighty five percent of these. So it's, it's uh, fun. I it's, enjoy it. Honestly, it's it's a lot of fun. But don't get me wrong; it's nice to be a guest. Yeah, and it's relax, cool. and you know you're you're the man of the hour. So take you get it away. to you get to be the guest, and I get to ask you the questions, which is fun. So Ben, tell us. For, there's a lot of people in this industry that know who you are. Yep. Um, you know you are. You know, pretty popular within the BAB community. A lot of people know you. Um, I think you've contributed tremendously to that community and sort of helping people with, the, you know, an understanding of like how to be good and how to approach social media, mm-hmm. right? And sort of the importance of it in, t- in terms of how it affects your business. Certainly, it's had a you know pretty significant impact on your business Huge, yeah. and you, and the awareness. Um, you know, your awareness within the industry. Tell us a little bit about your story for folks that don't know it. Like, how did you get started? You know, first of all, how'd you wind up in the United States? And then how'd you, how'd you get started? People don't, a lot of people don't know your full story. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. So I, well, I should say we immigrated here when I was 13, no, 14. Um, and this was in 2003. Yep. And I remember it quite clearly because it was New Year's Day or the day after New Year's. Um, and went to, you know, grew up in Great Neck, went to Great Neck South High School. So this is a, a common question I get to is like, Ben, your accent isn't 100% British, but, you know, it's, it's semi-semi. And the reason is, is because I moved during my teens. Yeah. So my parents moved me here for a, a multitude of reasons. Family is kind of the main one. We have a ton of family here. Yeah. Opportunity. It's good for their business. It's good for my future, Leah's future, my sister. Um, and we all turned out pretty good. So yeah. uh, evidently it was the right move. Good choice. And um, went to, where did I go to school? Queens College, good yep. old local Queens College. I studied accounting and I was working for yeah, like I a CPA. Yeah. <laughs> good times. Um, I was working for a CPA locally, like once a week, twice a week. And what happened was, is that I think a few months before I was going to graduate. I ran into you at a family function. Yep. And, and for those of you that don't know, yes. Ben Lavender is my cousin. Yes. So Hashtag nepotism. <laughs> um, Completely. Yeah. So when I met you there, I think it was kind of, or maybe you could even tell me, is that you were basically, why don't you give mortgages a try? I think, I think the story goes that that's true. That's totally yeah. what happened. But I think my brother, Mateen, yeah. was like, hey, dude, I think Ben's kind of like sort of figuring out what's going and he's a really smart dude. And I think he, he might really dig the mortgage business. Why don't you like talk to him about it? And I was like, okay, that sounds good. I will talk to him about it. Of course, I love Ben. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened, and we talked about it, and I guess the, the timing was good, right? Because you were sort of evaluating what was your next step. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And then I remember once I was done with school and then I called you, I remember, I, I don't know, it maybe you were either busy or you were testing me because I had to chase <laughs> you down to get an interview. Probably. So Sorry. It was, I was no, too busy originating loans. So you know, now you get it. Good. No, it was good because we spoke. You weren't ignoring me, but it no. was like, so you, I called like, yeah, you know, call me next week. We'll do it. So, and then I remembered and, um, you know, finally came in and we got everything going. And um, the, the beginning of the business was very tough because as you know, and for those of you that, that don't know me, I'm not, well, I'm more introverted naturally. I'm not a big sales guy, I'm not a big talker. So, and I also didn't know anything about mortgages, like literally nothing. I didn't know what, you know, purchasing, refinancing, cash out, rate and term, Zero. all these, like literally nothing. I was, I was also terrible on the phone. And then with no, time, terrible. In, well, in the <laughs> beginning, cause I didn't know anything. Yeah, for sure. And then eventually, yeah, I should say eventually, like it took years, it took a few months. And then after learning um, and getting a bunch of deals going, structuring loans, I got my confidence. So I, I would say a lot of my confidence comes from literally like this was 10 years ago that and, and I was your LOA that we were just reviewing files nonstop, yep. like carefully structuring files that, you know, we would make sure that they go out to your realtor contacts that are 100% pre-approved and, you know, every single document. And I'm fortunate that I learned how to do it the right way. You taught me the right way to do it. Whereas a lot of people in the business is like, just go get business and figure it out. Yeah. The, the problem with that is, and, and this again, where I think I'm very fortunate is that when I got a lot of the business of my own accounts, I was able to execute and actually close those pretty much yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Where I think new LOs in the business are taught, go get business first and then learn how to structure it later. Yeah. Whereas uh, because I did it the other way around, not only were the people that referred me business very happy, but it gave me the confidence, a better word is, is really the conviction to go out there and get business because yeah. I knew I could close it and give everyone a very good experience. Yeah, you knew you could execute. And I think, I think that's lost on a lot of people in the business. Like yep. it's like, you know, I'm sorry to say that's like you're only as good as your last deal, but I think that's a great mentality. It's like you have to make sure that if you have a referral partner sending you a transaction, like you must make sure that that if you tell that realtor this deal's good, it's pre-approved, it's good. If you stay within these parameters uh, with respect to purchase price and taxes, you're good. Yeah. We'll be able to execute. And maybe that in in other areas of the country where ratio to purchase price is less of a of an issue and there's more W-2 borrowers, but New York is a particularly tough state. Right? Yes. Home prices are high, um, variable income is common amongst borrowers, yeah. right? So it's challenging. You have to really know how to calculate income. You have to really know how to set parameters around pre-approvals. Um, and I think you got a great foundation to sort of figure out like all the mistakes I made, yeah. you know, in the business, like I sort of was able to teach you like, take this approach because this is the best practice. And, you know, at that time, like our infrastructure wasn't as mature, like Ooh, our yeah, team was, different. right, we didn't have the training infrastructure that we have now. We didn't have the, the sort of approach. We didn't have the, the ability to sort of um, build loan officers the way we do now. So Very different. Yeah, it was much different. So it was fun, and, and those were good years. Those it was were, fun, yeah, yeah, we had a great time. We had a great time doing it, time. and it was a good time. And I think, you know, to what you said just a minute ago, was like, you know, people come in and it's like, well, I don't know anything about mortgages. And it's like, you know, knowledge, 
creates confidence, yep. right? And it's like the more 100%. you know and the more you understand the process and the more you understand how to execute transactions, the more confident you are in talking to consumers and sort of educating them. And same thing goes with realtors. And I think that's you know where we sort of focus and I think that's where people need to focus. Yep. It's like you wanna learn mortgages, like learn them, right? It's not just about selling. This is not a selling business. Mortgages are fundamentally a commodity product, yeah. right? And so it's like, it's about, realistically understanding every facet of the process, educate yourself, and then this way you can go out there and effectively educate consumers that are working with you. Literally, and in addition to that, I think something that helped me tremendously was just the amount of volume that we did. I mean, when you were originating, you were originating a lot of business. So that gave me a tremendous amount of experience setting up the files, yep. walking the borrowers through the process from start to finish because that gave them confidence. And like to give you some perspective, the difference between me now and then, because I've had basically the same conversation with clients and realtors a million times, yeah. right? So back then it would take me like 20 to 30 minutes to really like dig and figure out like what it is they're saying, because I've done it so many times now, it takes me like two minutes. Right. It's just, it's easier, it's so much easier and again, it's unfortunate that I have that experience, but it takes time. And I think you have to constantly like refine your process yes. and self-assess. Yes. Um, obviously, Agreed. you know, I, I definitely have an ego to some degree, but there's a careful balancing of ego and confidence with also the, the ability to kind of step back and say, what can I do better? which uh, I still do to, to this day. I, I do literally, I have it in my calendar where I have to reassess everything that I'm doing once a quarter. And that's, that's great. That's a yeah. great practice, right? It's like, and it's like, we're always focusing on getting better and improving. And it's like, if you have a, a structured process to actually force yourself to do that, yeah. um, that's, that's great. I didn't, even, I didn't know you actually do that. That's yeah. awesome. If it's not that. in the calendar, it doesn't happen. I know. So I know. It's true. It's good. You're very structured about it. So let's talk about, you know, we're we're at the end of 2021. Yep. Um, it's been by most accounts um, the the best year on the books ever in the mortgage business, and I think um, a lot of originators are doing quite well. Um, mm. But there are, as rates are starting to climb a bit, um, you know, I know it because I'm getting more calls from originators in the business, like, "Hey, how are things going? Have you guys slowed?" And we're like, <laughs> we're like "Not really." <laughs> um, just no, had a record month. Yeah, we just, we just had another record month. But um, give us your perspective and like, what advice would you give to some of the originators out there who will listen to this podcast? Like, what do you think 2022 is going to look like? And sort of, how are you preparing? for 2022 so that you can ensure it's another really successful year and maybe touch on a little bit of sort of the mechanics of how your business is engineered to sort of be a little bit bulletproof and a little bit able to sustain the fluctuations in the rate market. Yeah, so I'll take it back to what we did from the very beginning 10 years ago is that we have always been purchase focused, always. And I always. personally prefer, you know this about me, I prefer to do purchases. I find them more fulfilling. Agreed. Helping someone buy a home is more, I know if emotional is the right word, but it's, I just feel like it's it's better for the connection. I enjoy it much more. You can d really de develop a relationship with the client, with the realtor, the attorneys, everyone involved. Yeah. So it really just comes down to purchases, right? That's the obvious answer for people who are kind of wondering. Now, the other question is how do you set your business up 
to go after go after purchases yeah. as opposed to just sitting on a dialer trying to book refis all day, right? Yep. So um, my business in particular, and you alluded to this before, is very heavily focused on social media, yep. right? So when people look at my social media, especially originators, they have this kind of a fantasy and I would say it's a false fantasy that you're going to make a bunch of posts and deals are just going to fall into your lap. And uh, after a month or two of posting, whatever it is that you post, they just kind of give up. And that's not kind of, not even kind of, it's not the reality of the situation. The best example of what it does is that it helps me build relationships over time with people. It helps people get to know me, whether it's my humor, personality, professionalism, whatever it is, right? It's, it's a way to attract people to you and really build yourself as you, you've said, kind of I have a reputation in the industry now yeah. with the BAB community and with people locally. So like for those of you thinking that I'm gonna post stuff and like deals are just gonna fall onto my lap, that's not how it happens. What, you know, what does happen from time to time, and I'm friends with a lot of people locally, realtors in the business. Um, so the advantage that it gives me is that when realtors come across my pre-approvals with my name and face on it, um, they are familiar with my content and with me. Yeah. So I literally get this call one to three times a week. It's, uh, you know, Ben, I saw you on Instagram or I saw you on Facebook and we've never spoken before, but you literally, you're all over my feed and I have 20 pre-approvals. I put yours to the top of the list because I've seen your content. I'm familiar with you. I know that you know what you're doing. That's the real thing. So it's like my buyers in a way get an, an advantage when yes. they have my pre-approval. I'm not saying that I'm the reason offers get accepted, but it helps. But it you helps. Are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it definitely it's helps. It's true. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, let's, like, it, like we could be real. Like in the New York market, people know who we are. Yeah. Right. And they know that like we know how to execute transactions and they execute quickly, particularly you. Um, they know if, if you say the client's good, it's good. And so the realtors that know you or know of you know that to be your reputation. And so it tends to give them more confidence, all, all things being equal, right? If they Precisely. have, you know, different types of borrowers at the same, you know, purchase, excuse me, different type of offers at the, at the same purchase prices, but they know like, hey, this, this, you know, this is with Ben, I know this loan's going to get executed. Yep. And so it tends to help those consumers get their offers accepted, right? Tr tremendously. Right. It's, and so uh, it helps. Yeah, it's an important part of the component. So, so it goes to like, why it's important to be out there and to be known within your community right? And the people that you work with or, you know, and the realtors that we work with so that the consumer, they know who you are, they can feel comfortable to call you and pick up as opposed to just some random pre-approval and they have yeah. no confidence, right? Yeah. And so, so, so back to the original question is like 2022, your focus is obviously will continue to remain heavily on purchase. Heavily on purchase. What do you see for the market? Media. Where do you think things are going? What do you see? It's What's uh, your focus is really more just uh, the market's going to, the rates are going to tick up. It looks like, right? And yeah. A little bit, maybe not a lot. That's my opinion, but. Yeah. I don't think that we're going to see a tremendous decrease in, um, in purchase prices. I think values are gonna continue to increase. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, MBS Highway. I watch them, shout out to Barry Habib and the crew. Yeah. Um, I watch them every single day. And you know, th the problem is 
and it's, it's, it's a fundamental long-term problem is that inventory is going to remain low, yeah. right? So regardless of where rates go, unless they go to a stupid number where affordability is really challenging, um, we're not going to see a slowdown in the market. We may see some buyer frustration. I think that's the only thing that will yeah, affect it. And I've already point. seen a little bit of it um, because it's like they're looking, they're looking and the prices keep going up. And then on top of the prices going up, if the rates go up too, they're just going to be like, forget it. But good old Eco 101 supply and demand, maybe the prices will stay stagnant. If the rates go up, maybe, you know, the prices continue. Either way, we'll be ready. Right, we'll be in front of everyone and ready to do business. So, you know, long story short, I don't see much of a change with the exception that the refi volume is going to slow down with the exception of cash outs. Agreed. I, I, that's that's sort of my forecast. And, and in fact, I think certainly at Madison, we're going to do more business than we've ever done. Uh, 2022 is going to be our biggest year, regardless of where the market is, just because we're in a scale and growth mindset. Uh, and we'll continue to get better and focus on enhancing our our sort of delivery to everyone. Um, talk about we sort of touched on some of this already, but like talk about like if you could identify like two um, variables or critical things that you do in your approach to the business that you think um, attribute the most to your success. Um, what would you define those as sort of being or like if you're giving advice to originators that are out there? Um, what are the two items you'd say to them, focus the most on these two items because they will help you in, in sort of being successful? Yeah, the two most important things, there are actually two answers to this. There's the literal and then there's the more like philosophical. So literally when it comes Give to- me both. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to day-to-day -day activity, you need to focus on learning about your products and being an excellent originator. Yeah. That's number one. And number two is constantly prospecting for new business, right? You always have to keep business coming in the door and a lot of people struggle to balance those two things. Elaborate on that, the second point. How, how you, know, you know, keeping more business coming in the door, how do you approach that? Yeah, so that could be literally interacting with people on social media, networking events, it could be advertising, it could be more marketing, more content, the amount of things, or how you do it is really up to you. I think kind of the old school mentality of, you know, knocking on realtors doors for business is gone. They, you know, they're sick of hearing the same pitch, you know, close in 30 days with great rates, even though that we close in a week with even better rates. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's, you know, the, the point is, is that everyone has the same pitch, right? So you have to find a way to connect with people that can send you business in a genuine format. So another thing that I see loan officers do is when they're trying to connect with realtors, instead of building a relationship, they're just asking for business. Yeah. Or that business is just, the, the foundation of that business is marketing, meaning that, hello, realtor, yeah. you know, do you wanna start a marketing campaign? Let's do business. Terrible. So yeah. the realtors that we work with that really have been long-term with us, and there are some that, you know, 10 years they've yeah. been with us, even more, 15 for the ones that you were with before. Um, 
it's it's really they send us business because they know again that we can execute and close transactions and give the clients a great experience. The marketing is second, right? So a realtor will just first things first find the loan officer that will pay for a bunch of my marketing and then figure it out. The problem is is that if you do that and that loan officer doesn't know what they're doing, yeah. they'll get business you'll get business, but the transaction will not go smoothly. You won't get any referrals. And that loan officer, because ultimately loan officers that you refer as a realtor, we are a reflection of you. Yeah. So if we do a poor job, the client is going to associate that with you as a realtor. And then you're an idiot, right? For referring some loser loan officer that doesn't know what they're doing. And the deal gets blown so, up and screwed up and it becomes an issue and then they call us to fix it. Exactly, yes, <laughs> which happens a lot. And uh, don't does. get me wrong, we don't mind. No. Because uh, we do fix them. And I, and I want to like sort of just supplement to that as I think yeah. what, you know, I think what people is lost on many people that are originators is like the number one chief complaint of every realtor uh, you yeah. ask is like, you know, how do you choose your loan officer? Why do you use this loan officer? What was your biggest frustration with a loan officer? They don't answer their phone. No. I literally built relationships on the basis of like, I answer my phone. Yeah. If a realtor calls me, I answer. If I'm on the phone, I answer. You know, I might, you know, tell the person I'm on the phone with like, hey, hold on one second. You know, hey, realtor. Hey, what's up, man? I'm just on the other line, but Simple I saw it was thing. you calling and I want to answer my phone. As soon as I'm done with the call, I already made a note. I'm going to call you right back when I'm done with this call. Yep. That's cool. the number one thing. Yeah. And they okay. love it. They're like, cool. Thanks, man. Yep. And it's, they got to the point where they were like texting me like, hey, can you call me as soon as you have a free minute? And they know that I'll do it quickly when I'm not on the phone. Agreed. A hundred, a hundred percent. You want the, the best tip one. out there for how to win realtor business? Answer your phone. Answer your phone when they call. And that includes, by the way, when things go wrong. Yeah. Right? Especially when things go wrong. If yes. something goes sideways or not wrong, but like when you run into a challenge, sometimes yeah. the realtor needs help. You know, we're doing, you know, 200 transactions a month. We've, you know, the realtor might be doing two or three. We may have seen that scenario. We may know a best practice to resolve it. You know, I get tons of realtors that would call me and say like, hey, how do I fix this issue? I ran into this issue or hey, the title report came back and I have this issue with the CFO, um, you know, all those types of scenarios, right? And it's like, so elaborate on that because I feel like like we don't talk about as much of like best practices. What What does your referral partner want? How do you become a great resource for your referral partner? So it's it's literally what you just said. So yeah. number one is communication. communication. Always pick up your damn phone. Number one complaint. Um, and then the other thing is to just be a partner. I can't tell you like how many times yeah. realtors call me, even if I'm not like, on the transaction myself. They're like, I'm doing this deal with Chase or some local retail loser. And they're like, uh, they're having an issue here. And it's like, how do I resolve this? Yeah. And even though I'm not getting paid on it, yeah. I have nothing to do with it. I'm more than happy to help because I'm a partner. If their success is my success at the end of the 100%. day. And it's just be there for them. And again, the problem with most originators, when they look at, when they look at it that way, they are like, why should, why should I help someone if I'm not getting paid? It's like, you cannot have that mentality. That's a super like selfish mentality. It's a loser mentality, quite frankly. It and uh, that's, that's not being a partner. Yep. And I had, listen, I've, uh, in my career and, you know, just to elaborate on that, like I've had plenty of experiences where the realtor was like, Hey, you know, this mortgage professional was his cousin. So I, you know, I tried to explain to him the value of working with you, but you know, he really felt more comfortable to stay there. And I was like, cool. And then he would call me on a transaction and say, Hey, the dude, this totally got screwed up. Like, what do we yep. do here? How do we handle this? 
you know, this is the issue we're running into. And it's like, you're not going to get 100% of every transaction from all your realtors. Like, nope. your realtor's your partner. They got to do what's good for their business. They got to do what ultimately what their client wants to do. They can't steer the business. They can encourage, yep. you know, the client to say, hey, this is a really good mortgage professional that I have a lot of confidence in. Why don't you call him and see what you think? Right, and then it's on sort of us to sort of make an impression and sort of win, you know, win the business, right? I always, I always say to them like, all we really need is an introduction and we'll yeah, take it from just there. Just give us like, the opportunity. Yeah, you don't have to, because night, like this is another interesting thing. Of all my clients that are buying a home, I would say nine out of 10 of them have at least one other pre-approval. Yeah. Sometimes more. So, cause that's another thing. Which I love by the way. Yeah. It was like, great. I'm so glad you got pre-approved by somebody else. Cause you got that perspective. Now you'll get mine and then you make the choice. Exactly. Right? Like, and it's okay if you don't choose me and you're six months into the process and they haven't closed, you could call me. It's not, <laughs> I've, had, I've had plenty of clients that's call me and one. ask me questions that went with another bank and yeah. they were like, oh, I got messed up. I'm now I'm at the finish line. I thought you might know. I know I didn't go with you. And it's like, okay, let me help you. Yeah. It's all good. And then they, and then they refer guess, everyone yeah, they know. And then they'll say like, hey, I used this guy. I didn't use him. It was a mistake. I should have used Shah. Should have used Ben. Um, don't make that mistake. Go with these guys. They even, I called them halfway through the transaction and they helped me fix it. Yeah. Even though they weren't like on the deal. So, you know, to Ben's point, be a good partner. Yeah. Be a really, really good partner to your partners. If you look at it like it's a partnership and you look at it like I'm going to help this person no matter what, that's the right approach. And I think the other element to that, which somebody taught me really early in my career is like, look, go after the partners that you're gonna enjoy working with. That's huge, right? Yeah, like, get that, that gets lost on people. Like, you don't wanna work with people that don't match your personality, your style. Like, that's just not gonna work long-term. The, the partnerships that are gonna be the strongest are the ones where you enjoy working with them, you enjoy you know having a personal relationship with them. Yes, yeah. you do business together as well. Of course. Um, but that's the best way in terms of building long-term partnerships. And look, everyone's not gonna like you. Right? Agreed. Some people are like, I don't like that guy. His British accent's hard to understand, you know? Like, or yeah. some people are like, I don't like big grizzly Persian men, so I don't want to work with Shah. That guy's annoying. He's loud. Yeah. You know? It I happens. don't like that guy. It definitely happens. But and that's okay. I, I think that that's so key because the, the, that goes with like chemistry, yeah, communication, chemistry. That's the right word. If, if yep. that's if that's there also, because it takes a couple of deals to like get a feel for how each of you do business. Yeah, different people want different updates at different times. Some people yeah. are like some realtors are very very keen on being the appraisal contact if they're the buyer's agent. Yes, other realtors want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like I'm just going to get in the way, call the listing agent, and then you learn over time like who likes what. Yep. And something that right. you, you mentioned before is like, you want to work with people that you enjoy working with. Yep. So for me, that includes people who don't make issues out of nothing. I find that there are people, this goes again for realtors and loan officers, in many cases, more so the loan officers, <laughs> um, is to just cause drama for the sake of it. It's like this, like- The alarmists. Yeah, the alarmists for no reason. It's like, right. da, 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 and it's like, what's the, what's the issue? And then you dig a little deeper and I find that, and, and this took me actually <laughs> way too long to learn is yeah. that I would, what I used to do is meet their energy with the same amount of urgency. And don't get me wrong, I still do in terms of my responsiveness, but what I realize now is what I have to do is calm them down, right? So instead of being like, ah, oh, this issue, I'm like, tell me what the issue is. Play therapist. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. figure it out. And let's identify, and is, it it really, yeah, is it really an issue? 
Exactly. And I, I feel that because on top of calming the client down when stuff happens, right? And when I'm saying stuff happens, like 99% of the time, the issue is, is that the seller wants another month or two to close for some stupid, you know, asinine totally. reason. Totally. Or some... Um, obstacle that is easy, easy to overcome that we've overcome 150 times before. Yes. But it's, you know, it's new to them. And so they don't know, you know, they don't understand the complexity of the issue and, and, and that that issue is not an issue. And that's why you go to an expert. Yeah. You go to somebody that's done thousands and thousands and thousands of transactions and knows the market and knows the area and knows all the players. You and know. we love doing them too. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's fun. You know, it's it's, fun. It, it's super super fun this business. So yeah. I don't know what my point was, but basically you just want to <laughs> you just want to be calm, cool, collected, yeah. and, and figure out how to solve things without yeah. being an alarmist, as you said. Be a, that, be a, that's be a problem solver. That's an important component. You want to be the problem solver on the equation, Precisely. you know, on the transaction, and like you know, whatever comes up, we'll figure it out. You know, for the most part. 99% of it is all resolvable, yeah. right? So. And, and something that you taught me, Shah, a long time ago is if there is an issue, deal with it immediately. Do not let it sit. And I, I'm constantly bringing up issues and uh, I hope the perception is that there aren't a ton of issues because there aren't. The majority, vast majority of our tra transactions go very smoothly, but things yeah. happen. But it's, a lot a, but it's about that 5%. It's about when when something does come up. How do you handle it? Is, is how you handle it, how you respond to it, fixing it, fixing it fast so that it doesn't get out. And, and no one having the perception like, the perception should be like, oh, we ran into this issue and like they were on it right away. Yeah. Like, oh, not not the realtor. And I hear this so much from realtors is like, oh, well, we ran into the problem and I don't need the guy ghosts me for a week and a half. Yep. I haven't heard from him. He doesn't respond. Right. It's like that's the, you know, 95 percent is smooth sailing. Five percent is you run into a challenge and point zero zero five percent is like something you can't overcome. So uh, but that that's exactly how to approach it. That five percent you have to handle quickly and immediately. immediately. And again, 99% of the time, those things Resolvable. are solvable and we move on. But do but handling it quickly doesn't just ease, and this is for originators, so handling those problems quickly doesn't just ease the tension of the client and the realtor, but yep. it also, it, it releases the stress from yourself yep. and you're able to do your job better in yeah. a more efficient format. So it's like if... If, if that's not one way to motivate you, that, that's another is that if you want a stress-free originator career, handle yeah. things quickly and efficiently. As yep. you know, Ishbia says, uh, time kills deals. Yep. So handle things quickly, get them closed, move on. Love it. Good. So, all right, let's talk about... Um, you know, we touched on so many. We're so long-winded. We've touched on so many of these things. Um, let's talk a little bit about personality style. And so this is like uh. for some of the new originators. And it's funny, we, we hire so many people here uh, and we've hired so many new originators in this environment. A lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of them that make the final interview and I actually meet with them because I meet every single person that we hire in this environment. A lot of them say, hey, I watched all your podcasts. Right? Yeah. And so here's one for our new originators who are thinking about joining Madison Mortgage. Hopefully you'll watch this podcast. If you watch any podcast, it's probably this one you should watch. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You let's, know. <laughs> let's talk about like what type of personality sets do you think or or, you know, skill sets do you think are paramount in sort of determining like, I want to be an originator. I don't know anything about mortgages. You know, 
what type of skill sets do I need to have? What type of behavioral style do I need to have? Uh, although behaviors are modifiable, like what type of people will make good loan originators? It's a great question. So thinking about this, I think that the typical answer would be, again, what we kind of talked about before is if you're more extroverted or introverted, but I don't think it's necessarily either of those because whether you're extroverted or introverted, you can have success in this business. For sure. I think the major skill that you need, and there are there are two really, um, to really grow your career and become better. One is the ability to constantly self-assess and refine your process. Mm. Um, and that requires checking your ego at the door and saying, what am I good at? And what am I not so good at that I need to get better? The second piece is love that something. Totally yeah. Uh, the second piece is something that people don't really think about because when you think mortgages or realtor, whatever it is, people think kind of salesperson, how yeah. good are your sales skills? And I think people need to replace the word sales skills with communication skills. Yeah. How good are you at listening to what people are saying and figuring out what they're really trying to say? So, because people will say something Yes. On the phone to you, but they'll mean something else entirely. Yep. And you have to be able to kind of read their tonality and what they're saying to really get there. Because the mortgage business itself is complex in terms of like the verbiage, LTV, DTI, contracts, EMD, blah, 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 blah. Right. So most consumers don't know what this stuff means. So you have to be able to one, yeah. listen to them and what they're saying because they're trying to say something, but because they're not familiar with, you know, what we do every day, they don't know how to say it. And then it's basically rephrasing yeah. their question. So that's something I do often is like, if they're saying something that kind of makes sense and I'm trying to figure out where they're going with this, I'll repeat it and I'll be like, is this what you mean? Like how much money do you need to put down on contract versus bring to closing? Is, is that what you're saying? And be like, Ben, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's like clarifying what they're trying to communicate to ensure that you're giving them an effective answer that they can understand and that they clearly understand it, right? And so yes. which goes to communication skills. Yeah, exactly. And right. then that requires, again, listening and then whether it's repeating it back or demonstrating it in a manner that they can understand, I think that is huge because it translates across not just clients, but the realtors that you partner with, the attorneys in New York states and attorney states. So it's, um, I think that's honestly one of the, the main main skills. It's not sales, it's communication. I, I would say that's number one in my mind, right? Yeah. Whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, your capacity to listen and effectively communicate will define your success, not only in the mortgage business, but in life, life. Yeah. right? And it's, uh, I think that's lost. And I think m most people don't focus on getting better at that. No. Right. And it's like even the cadence with which you speak, how you speak, you know, a lot of what I try to impart on sort of the newbies is like your role is advisory. Yeah. Right. So it's like somebody's coming to you that doesn't understand all the intricacies of the process. You might be new and you may be learning, but you're every day immersion, full immersion in learning. So focus on the learning, but focus on like how to become an advisor. Yeah. Right. And communication is the most critical component of that. So I love that answer because that to me and, and that will 
that will resonate with me a little bit too long term is like it's really just all about communication. Yeah, it's that simple. It just right. it comes down. There's all this other stuff with like objections and rebuttals and blah 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 blah. At the end of the day, none of that matters yeah. if you don't listen yep. and solve whatever it is. And again, mortgages they are a commodity product. You can yeah. you have literally millions of choices. You can go anywhere you want to get a mortgage. Right. If you're smart, you'll do it in the independent mortgage channel and the broker channel because because yes. it's factual information that you will get a better deal. Yep. Right. But fundamentally, people make the choice on who they feel confident with. Right. Absolutely. Some will choose on the basis of rate that generally leads to us winning, which is great. Mm -hmm. So so maybe we maybe we can identify. Are we really great communicators? Because I think we are. <laughs> or, or is it just that our rates are so damn good? I think it's both. It's probably a combination of both. And that's why we've scaled exponentially. Yep. Right. And so. If you're out there and you're watching and you're interested in being in the mortgage business, you have to be focused on becoming an excellent communicator. That is what will define your capacity. Be a learner and be a great communicator and have a good attitude and you'll be amazing in this business. Literally, I've, I think that's perfectly said. It's, it's so because there's so much, again, there's so much that this business encompasses with, you know, stru structuring the business from the sales to the processing, the operations, closing, post-closing, marketing, there's so much, but it, it really just comes down to that because you can have all those things, but if you don't have that foundation of good communication skills, product knowledge, um, you know, it's, it's all gonna fall apart. Yeah, man, I totally agree, I love that. All right, cool. So, and we've touched on so many of these points that I wanted to hit, man. It was just natural. We didn't even have to look at this thing. It was great. So, um, final synopsis, final question. Your final synopsis on what 2021 was for you in terms of from a personal and from a professional standpoint. Reflect on 2021. And you, you do this quite a bit. So, where'd you get better? Yeah. Where'd you improve? And then close out with like, what are you really focused on? What are your goals for 2022? And what do you want to work on, get better at and focus on? It's a great question. So this year- I'm as a pretty decent interviewer, by the way. Decent, I'm yeah. not as good as Ben, but- I'm pretty damn good, dude. <laughs> doing great, thank you. Um, so 2021, for me, as you know, has been a record year. You know, I'm at, I think like 200 and something units year to date, yeah. 108 million in volume, which is, it's not to brag. It's like, cause years ago, I wasn't even close to that, no, right? No way near. This is very, very recent. So this was your best year on the books. I mean, for us, just easy. yeah, just you, your scale was enormous. Yeah, it was massive. So, and, it, and, and just to clarify, yeah. like it wasn't a function of like just the fact that rates were good. That was only a, a small portion of your business, I would say, because I look at your mix of purchase to refi and you were still so purchase heavy. Yeah, 80% 80, 80 purchase this right, year, which it, is great. So well, another interesting thing is that I believe that mortgage applications compared to last year. This year has been weaker um, nationwide because mortgage apps overall are down 20%. Yes. So the fact that we're up in, you know, 2020 was supposed to be the, the huge year and we're even bigger this year, I think that says, you know, tremendous things about us and what we're doing. But to answer the question, yes, the, the focus, for me is really building out the team yep. and training the team, getting them all better. As you said, knowledge builds confidence. So that's a huge thing. Every single file on top of the training that we do regularly when we bring people in, I train them the way that you train me. We review files together, we go over everything, make sure they know, same thing, basic. And the same communication skills I use for people that I work with in the business, I use for my team as well. 
All right, so that's one is is building them out, which I'm going to continue to do and rebrand from you know Ben Lavender to Team Lavender. Yeah. Right. So that that's a huge one, and something that. that we did as well is really work on the the process from start to finish from a non-sales perspective. So what I mean by that is like a few things that I implemented is every time I pre-approve someone, we send them something in the mail saying congratulations on your pre-approval. We send them like a list of do's and don'ts while you're pre-approved, like, you know, don't quit your job and, you know, <laughs> the, the basic things, right? Yeah. And then post-close yeah. gifting and then video education throughout the process. That's something that shout out to Chris and Jarenth have helped with tremendously. So yep. this way we can educate our clients better. Yep. And in, you know, so that's been the main focus, team and internal process. Love now, 2022 is gonna just be the same thing, but amplified. It's going to be more content, more refining the process, uh, there are other things that I'm looking to do, host more events, get out there more, interact with the community more, yes. and uh, continue to grow, uh, regardless of where the market is. You know, Because when you think about it, I don't know how many mortgages are, are done nationwide. I mean, the market right now is what, one trillion or something like that? Oh, or? no bigger, like close to four trillion in Ooh. 2021, but it will... Okay. Probably it will probably shrink down to my guess is around two trillion, two point five trillion. But even so with that said, right? We're, big. Yeah, but exactly. But yeah. it's not like we're closing a trillion dollars, and if the market shifts, oh no! Like we're so small yeah. in this massive, massive pond. Yep. So all you really need to do is just keep doing the same thing: keep prospecting, keep yeah. growing, and your business will not suffer. And again, we plan on growing tremendously and. Yeah. You know, everyone is welcome to come along for the yes, ride. Yes, indeed, Ben. Thanks, always man. a pleasure. Thanks, man. Thank you. It was good. To, it was good to do this. And thanks for all of you out there watching. If you've watched this long, we appreciate it. Yes. Um, and hopefully, you you took some some beneficial things from this pod. Ben's incredible. And uh, if you're a client watching, thanks for really watching. That's amazing. You're down to, you. to this far, and hopefully, you got some perspective on sort of our approach to the business and what's important to us. So. Madison Podcast, over and out. Peace. Peace.